They're sitting on a couch. It's usually just two characters or sometimes three characters. They're always talking and sitting. They're just sitting in a chair. The pacing sucks. There's no style to anything. It's so boring. From the concrete shores of Arlington, Texas, this is the Approximate Podcast with your hosts, Jamie French, Orion Quest, and Diva Powers. If ever there was a time to drink, now is the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody got your notes? I'm good to go. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Approximate Podcast. My name is Jamie French. We're here with Orion Quest and Eva Powers. Hello. I wish that was a little bit taller, y'all. <laughs> oh, man. I wish a lot of things right now. Um, I was dead. The- <laughs> I wish I was dead. <laughs> in the background, we have uh, special guest Ada Black and our uh, uh, Roxy, our little pit bull terrier, half and half. Yes. The Approximate my, the, the approximate, approximate mascot. <laughs> the approximate mascot. Absolutely. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus Christ. Is this one going to be a doozy? Okay, this is... Uh, I have notes written down. Let me just say this in order. Uh, uh, okay, I have a disclaimer. I have a disclaimer. Um, uh, from this point on, uh, we are going to reserve uh, topical subjects uh, for live podcasts. But we're making an exception in this in this case uh just because i made a a live stream on the 9th of november 2016 and my co-hosts weren't around to chime in so this is we're gonna kind of recap uh what this podcast has to say about the election with the other two hosts um after this uh we're going back to like general subjects um and we will do topical stuff, but they will be reserved for our live streaming episodes. So, guys, I've had a lot. Uh. I said my piece on the ninth. So, what I want to do is just take a step back because there's a lot more to say. I, I did say during the live podcast, uh, uh, the live stream last week that, or last week, geez, it feels like forever ago, a few days ago, that there, as information came in, that views would change, things would evolve, and I wouldn't like set straight oh. on a certain point of thinking. Oh, so wow. things mm. have evolved and changed a little bit. So instead of just taking the reins and going on, hey, thank you, Roxy. Roxy contributed. Roxy got Springy in motion. Oh. Yeah, so that's nice. <laughs> He's um, always with us. Right. Springy, we love you. Um, I'm going to pass the baton to uh, Orion and Diva and let them just kind of speak their piece because I was able to speak my piece and I will chime in as they talk. So whichever one of y'all want to go first. I could go first. This is horrible (laughs) and we're all going to (laughs) die. It's horrible. The worst possible thing that America could have done it did. Shout it. Oh, okay, okay. Jesus, why? Calm, calm, calm down, calm oh. down. Okay, start from a, any kind of point. Start from a point. Like, okay, part of me thought that, you know, decency, common sense, you know, wanting to move forward, those kind of ideals would prevail. But then the bigger part of me that's been to high school and, you know, life 
and realizes that, you know, usually that's not how it works out. I was pretty sure that they were going to vote for Trump, that, that he was going to win. I was pretty sure about that. Who's they? America, middle America, the people that watch Monday Night Football, the, that they, those people. Those people. That's interesting. What do you mean, those people? Yeah, no. Them, I mean, them seriously, people? what do you mean, those people? I mean, the majority voters in, mm -hmm. you know, middle America and the South and, and, and wherever they were that voted for someone because they sound, they liked the sound of what they said and didn't care about the content whatsoever. Like, it just, ugh. I knew that's how it was going to go. I knew he was going to win. Did and, you, like, okay, well, I, look. Because uh, I want to rein this in. I don't want to make this like a whole – all of us are rambling all at the same time. I do have a little bit of structure for this show. So let me kind of introduce some of that structure. Take it where you're going to take it. Okay. But I want to spend the, the first portion of this show not talking about the results but talking about the, uh, the election itself. Don't – let's – we will get to our feelings about the uh, outcome. But what was your what was you guys' general feel about the election itself leading up to It didn't feel legit at all. Like I mean, there were so many questions raised about legitimacy and votes being counted and certain people's votes not, you know, counting the same and all this other stuff that's been going on since Bernie was running that, you know, really undermined the legitimacy feeling wise of this round of voting. Well, let's let's kind of solidify your stance, Diva, since you're the one talking. Who were you going to vote for? I was going to vote for Hillary Clinton simply because at this point, at at the end of everything, you can vote for Hitler or you can vote for Hillary Clinton. They're not going to be great in either one of them, but one of them's not Hitler, so that's the one you vote for. Really, I would have so voted for anybody. You were voting pure feeling. I no no, okay. I was I was voting because not only. Feelings-wise, is Donald Trump a negative candidate? But the things that he said out of his own mouth are things that I just cannot get behind, the majority of them. Someone that would make fun of a handicapped person on like live television like that, that's, I can't get behind that. I just can't. Well, Ryan, what were your thoughts uh, about the campaigns and the, just the whole past year and almost a half? What were you feeling anything at all leading up to the yeah, election? Let's 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 go ahead and knock this out right now. Sure. I've been I've been while all these things have been going on and up to the podcast, I was trying to think of the nicest way that I could possibly say this without without. Hey, hey can I interrupt you for a second? Just for a second. Yeah, I, I do want to keep a nice, light, airy, comedic feeling about this because yeah. Lord knows we need it. So as an example, I, I, I like this. Like, hey, Diva, what's up? Hmm. Hey, shut up. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> as usual. <laughs> that kind of thing. Let's, let's, let's try to keep it light. But this I is make not no a light guarantees. Right. I make no guarantees. But <laughs> we're going to try not to argue because I got some weird things coming up. Yeah. This, Go this, ahead. For, for me, I was... When I, I, I voted, and I voted Libertarian, and I voted Libertarian because I am a Libertarian. I, I believe that everybody should be responsible for themselves. I've always believed that as long as my problems don't get in the way of your problems, we should be okay. I've said that during the podcast. I say that when I talk to people, and that's the way I carry myself. 
and and while all this madness was going on, the only thing that I was concerned about, and I hate to sound selfish, was um, keep your fucking head down and do what you normally do. Don't let these things affect you. And and as far as I'm concerned about that, I'll speak in a romantic sense by saying I've been around for the assassination of kings. I've been around for for all sorts of controversy and all sorts of ways that the law and the social structure has changed and through that I've survived and I'll survive this. So we'll we'll see for as long as I'm concerned we'll see what he does. Uh, who who were you going to vote for? Was I, I like I said I simply voted the Libertarian Party. I I cast my vote for the Libertarian Party. Who who did you vote for 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 president? I it's it's a secret. I didn't vote for You didn't two. you left it blank? No, it's there's sh- there, it's as far as I'm it's concerned. A secret. Oh, it's a secret. It's a secret. You're killing me. It's a secret. You're killing me softly. No, it's a secret. Diva, who'd you who who'd you I voted for Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret. No, it's not at all. Do you know care. who I voted for? You're not gonna tell us. You That's didn't right. vote. You know why? <laughs> You know what? I feel really bad about this because I'm ripping off a <laughs> Jim Norton and Sam Roberts bit, <laughs> but it's it's good. It's a good bit. Uh, I'll tell you. No, honestly, um, I couldn't vote for anyone because when I decided it was important enough to vote, I registered two days before the election. <laughs> oh. I really did. I went online. I filled out the uh, the uh, hey, I'd like to register thing, and print it out, and you got to send it to you know your and 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 there was not enough time, oh. and I wasn't officially registered to vote by the Congratulations. day. Congratulations, your vote would have gotten Hillary. I your made single vote. your vote. You're the one. <laughs> I made an effort. It was not enough. <laughs> you exercised your civic duty and to like like red tape is slow. D minus level student. <laughs> <laughs> I I tried barely. <laughs> During during the election, like during the, how late did you stay up? Um, actually, I stayed up till about two a.m. Yeah, I you stayed too. Up so late. we, yeah, I stayed up yeah. really late too. I stayed up past the point of no return. Yeah. So we all did that. Well, yeah, but the difference between me and you is while you, everybody was glued to the election, I was preparing for the next day's practice. But I, I, that practice got canceled for me. Every time, I, every once in a while, I che- I chime in because there were two things that I wanted to see. I wanted to see the vote on the presidency, and I wanted to see the vote on Prop sixty. I wanted to see those, and that's, oh, that's you, California. You, I just wanted to see how was you actually go. took interest in the Prop sixty thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, because, because of what uh, yeah. Stephanie brought up on the on yes. the other episode. She's a friend, and she made a point that that it affected nice. her life. Nice, you know. To be to, honest, I I did too. Yeah, and and like I'm supposed to have a even though I'm not a resident of California, I'm supposed to have stake in the game because I'm also a performer and this could potentially somehow affect me if I ever like go back to California, shoot something. And I didn't actually give a shit just because I know I'm not going to go to California that often. But even I still like looked at the prop 60 to see where it was falling. It's how weird that, uh, that, well, that didn't it, pass. <laughs> yeah, I looked at it for woo-woo reasons. I looked at it. I looked at it for like. I looked at it for like, you know, conspiracy theory reasons. I looked at it for one simple reason: if they won that proposition, yeah, what would they do next? I see. Yeah, 
You know, yeah. I wanted the I wanted the proposition to fail so that way that people can make a statement. We're watching, right? And if this doesn't affect us, why should it affect you? And and, and just to say, I'm more than happy that it didn't pass. I think that's wonderful. That's great. Yeah. That means the system in some way works. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yay, yay on that proposition in a state we don't live in. But that's good. That's a good thing. Um, but during like. You voted libertarian, and of course, it's 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 Hillary versus Trump. So you stayed up all that time for because you knew you had to stay up anyway. But yeah, you're so, watching the yeah, election because I just wanted so, to see how it was going along. So, like, who were you paying? Like, did you start to root for someone? Did you start to feel no. because early on in the election i mean she, hillary had a bit of a, a sizable bump. boom she, yeah, she yeah. Is, and like what did you feel at that time what were you thinking oh i i did you give a shit i i i felt that trump was gonna win i was <laughs> you were just waiting yeah i was just i was just waiting for i was you just had for the a tide feeling that there was that there was an initial bump but that the tides were gonna turn yeah it's Cause lots of stupid, ugly people voted this time. Me and, uh, <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll we'll get to yeah, it. we'll get to that. We'll get to it. Can't help it. It's just right. We'll get there. to it. We know you're a big ball of anger. We're gonna get to it. <laughs> I'm a rat in a cage. <laughs> Despite all the rage, <laughs> and and the election was just poking at yeah. your face. Yes, it was too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not at my fur. Like it's not good. All right. All right. All right. Um. What were you, Diva, what were you thinking as you were watching well, when everything Hil tally up? When Hillary had that first little lead, I was like, okay, you know, maybe this will work. Maybe this will happen, you know. But then when Trump started getting more and more votes, I was like, okay, you know, Mall of America has decided who's president. You gave up hope. They picked the TV guy. So, yeah. It's were you paying Diva. attention? Were you, you paying gave up hope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm where hope goes to die. I'm divas where hope goes to die. <laughs> We're doomed. We'll ne it'll uh, never happen. How much attention were you paying to polls? I was googling the poll results every say hour or so. And did this election change your view about polling? Um, I feel like the polls reported accurately, but it's always the same story every year. You do? You think the polls were accurate? I mean the polls of the numbers that they were reporting. Which polls were you paying attention to most? Like I was checking out the, like the New York Times polls. I was I was googling and just seeing percentages. Who had higher percentage of the vote? It, did you like the sense that I got as as I was viewing the polls? Um, was uh, it's it's it just there was a general sense of. <sighs> polls don't matter, and I started to imagine that polls didn't matter because it was, it felt like it was a bunch of, um, it felt like it was a bunch of uh, kind of left leaning, left leaning kind of newscasters, kind of all looking around the room at each other and saying, well, "How's it feel? How's it feel? Does it feel like? Yeah, it feels like. Well, that's yeah, what they do like, every yeah, year. Yeah, let's just, let's just, let's just say, let's just say they do that every election." Yeah, let's just say that she's kind of up in the polls, you know, because we kind of need that. We kind of feel like that has to happen. So let's just bump it up a little bit. And the, the polls were completely arbitrary. I think all polls are completely arbitrary based off of the uh, leanings 
of where the polls are kind of coming from. You know, whatever group of people are coming up with the polls, it's not actually that they're tallying numbers. It's that they're it's just a kind of a group consensus within the room that they're sitting saying, I I feel like it should be 49 (laughs) percent. Well, every 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 election, it's always like, okay, the liberal candidate gets all the the East Coast and, you know, the California and sometimes Florida and, you know, but when they started to get to all those states like, you know, Alabama and, and Utah and Montana and all those kind of places, like, it was pretty, I was pretty like, yeah, okay, Trump's going to win this. Okay. Because it was just, ugh. Okay, so that's how we felt during the election. Now we're going to talk, this is segment two. We're going to talk about what we felt like immediately after the election. And here's where I have to bow out for a second before I find a room to interrupt you uh. with some facts and figures. Uh, but I spoke my piece on the 9th during the live podcast. So again, I'm going to defer to y'all. Once it was all said and done and you really felt like, okay, that's it. That's that's the ball game. That's the ball game. What was your initial feeling or thoughts i i talk a lot about feelings because as, as americans our election process is very much based on how we feel about a candidate yeah so that's why course. i keep saying feelings instead of what did you think did it meet your you know your uh, expectations as a person that has looked up all the information and have done all the math because you the know i don't weren't doing that. i'm not going to pretend that we're the smartest people in the world we're we're general all-purpose Americans, and so feeling. <laughs> what did you feel? Like we're once all the shit die. hit the fan, like we're all gonna die. That's how you felt. Yes, I was like, this is the worst possible decision. Why? Because he's. I'm horrible. not. I'm not challenging you. Because I'm just asking. I want to know what you feel. Because he is just the worst possible candidate that they could have picked. That's the one we pick, and just oh my god, oh my god. From the standpoint of what? Just even just having any experience with how government works and how, like, you know, to be a president. Now, you and I are the same age, and we have, like, we are part of a certain zeitgeist where we are uh, 37 years old. Uh, 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 36, thank you. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I'm (laughs) I'm a year older than you. Uh, 37, 36 years old, and we've grown, we've grown, grown, we've grown up. We've grown up with the with Trump kind of always being in the background of how our perception of pop culture is. Like this is this is the guy that's always been in the back of our heads. It's yeah. not so much for uh, younger millennials. You know, they don't know it's what just we some know. Weird they don't orange feel, guy with a comb over. Yeah, them. yeah. He's just a character that came out of nowhere. Yeah. But, Folks, like, and you too, Orion, you're of the age, you're of the age, and I'm of the age, where we know Trump to be a certain kind of, a a character. Yes. You know, an entertainer, and... um, Not necessarily the best business person. Yeah, but most definitely a business person. And this is, this, I bring this up for a thing that I'm going to allude to later, but this is somebody that we were not unfamiliar with. Yes. And a, a person that has tried to, you know, throw his hat into the presidential ring before. 
Yes. And but, so how much did it how did it affect you to see somebody like Trump not be in the same position he we've always been used to him being in? Kind of a joke, kind of somebody that's just vying for attention and using the election I had that for whole, personal gain. I had the whole it's a joke thing for a minute when he first started running. But yeah. when people actually were saying on TV, I'm going to vote for this guy. For, for people our age, we kind of always known Trump to, you know. Be a celebrity more well, than anything and else. And to jump into the presidential elections is always want to make himself a part of that because when. Uh, Ego. And I'm going to make a presumption. I will say a what we perceive to be a nihilist at that caliber would always jump into the presidential game. So we're used to seeing him be a part of this process every four years. But this time, something different happened. He appealed to people's hateful natures. He wasn't just he wasn't just a, a punchline, you know. So I imagine like like where was your head at as you see this it seemed absolutely inconceivable to me that, you know, the grab him by the pussy guy, the guy that did uh, Celebrity Apprentice, that's the guy that's going to run the country, the host of Celebrity Apprentice. That's what happens when you underestimate desperate people. That's what happens when you underestimate Ooh, hateful people. Oh, here we go. Now we're starting to come into our notes. But, Keep going. What? See, what? Well, it's, 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 to answer your earlier question as to how I felt about it, I looked up and saw that Trump won, and I said, good, because that means I can go ahead and vote for Yosemite Sam in 2020. You know, Because he's the rootness tootness. Uh, electoral choice you got that's something that you actually keep hearing about now that we are in the aftermath of this monumental fuck up history <laughs> <laughs> this election that is kind of unprecedented and awful. you, you, could you hear could you that hold just a moment please first of all it will be a fuck up the day he fails not for the day he tries Give him his four years. Fuck and him. Then, and then we'll tell him, him how bad seconds. he was. You, you haven't even given him that. Both of y'all. You haven't even given him that. Both of y'all are jumping the gun. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hold are on. you the referee? What? What? When did that happen? Uh, because I own all the equipment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh like y'all want uh, to keep talking here? Do that with that. Here, uh, I said that um, during the live stream that I did uh, a few days ago on the 9th. Um, um. I said that facts would come to pass, research would happen that would help... Um, fine-tune? F- yeah, fine-tune. It would fine-tune whatever my viewpoint is. And again, I say that now. I say that even after this podcast, whatever I say now will continue to be fine-tuned and we will bring up on future live streams. As a left-leaning progressive type, now, I, I, I don't ever claim a party. I don't say I'm Democrat or Republican or even Libertarian. I don't lean any one way because I don't want to be a part of a club. I don't want to have to represent anybody, and I, don't, I definitely don't want anybody representing me. You know, I'm an individual, and I will... Take life as it comes. But saying that, saying that, I do recognize that when I put my beliefs up against the general consensus, 
I kind of know where I stand without claiming parties or clubs. Um, I see myself as left-leaning. I see myself as progressive. Um, One would hope. And I definitely feel that I suffer from something that so many left-leaning progressive types suffer from, which is I truly believe after all the events that have passed that I by and large live within a bubble okay and this is where shit's gonna get contentious between you and i diva okay but i already preface this by saying things could change <laughs> down okay. the road <laughs> okay you can't you can't adopt a um it's it feels so good to put your stake in the ground and say this is my position forever you know but I don't want there's danger in that, and I don't want to I don't want to do that. But I will concede that I recognize where I am when I place my beliefs up against the majority and up against people that think like me. Uh, I think that as the election, as the decision was made, uh, that like so many other people, I felt shock. Um, and I felt a bit of outrage uh, for all the reasons that you pointed out. Yeah. You know, you can't take back what the man said about no. other human beings. No, you cannot. Um, uh, but at the same time, and I expressed this a little bit in the live stream, that I also felt there was something else n nagging me in the back of my head. And although I feel that it was... I wasn't wrong for feeling outrage and and sadness and shock that there was something else in the back of my head that I needed to be paying attention to. I looked at the election the day after and I realized the thing wasn't rigged. It wasn't rigged. The American people spoke. Now, we can say, well, what about the popular popular election? What about the you know, electoral, electoral college. college, you know, there's, there's that bit of schism there between what people think ought to be done. But as far as the system stands, the people voted and that forced me into having to think, wait a minute, if the system worked, I can't complain. So that means I need to review what I've been thinking about where the country stands. And this is where the bubble comes into place. See, I insulate myself, and I think all of us that have an opinion about the way life should be lived insulate ourselves with uh, non-conflicting views, which is to say we go online, we yeah, have our kind of an echo circle of friends. We, we all create an echo chamber that reinforces our own views. Of course. And so it would seem shocking in a world where Trump wins. So, okay, I recognize that. So now we have to like see why. Why? I can't just say I can't just say that everybody's racist and everybody's this and everybody's that because but I live in the real world. Even if world. you didn't vote for him for those reasons, the fact that he said those things and you still voted for him means that you're co-signing that. 
Oh, no, I, I understand that. And that's where the whole racism thing comes into play, because even if you aren't racist, if you voted for him for some other reason, you can't get rid of what the man said out of his own mouth. Like, you can't. That's understandable, and that's where a uh, thing I, I said, this is going to allude to something. This is, this is the thing. Um, and I have this on a separate card. Uh, but this is what happens when you vote in a man who is purely – he's not a politician. Nope, not at all. Not a politician. He's not a uh, – he's not an activist of any sort. Nope. He's no real political history other than who he's – He know, has a rudimentary understanding of the Constitution at best. This is what happens when you vote in a businessman, and here's what I mean by that. Uh, you say that you can't take back anything he said. I say the same thing, okay? Uh, but as a businessman, as a person who wants to run the country as a business, the man uses business But tactics. he never said that's how he wants to run the country, though. He hasn't said anything about how he wants to run the country. Trump can only. That's the absolute essence of his nature. He is a businessman. And so when he says horrible things, I made a tweet about it. Um, it's complete hyperbole. No, it's not. No, uh, no, no. no. Believe I believe things. it absolutely is because what do you do in business? Business is unethical. It's the numbers and the money above all other else, and whatever it takes to get those money and numbers is what you do and what you say. Trump is a cosmopolitan New Yorker. The fact that he has Trump is Trump is surrounded by people of all ethnicities, of all sexualities. He is a fucking he's a game show host. He's he's he, he in his day to day so. life. He knows all the people and has actual relationships with all the people that he's spoken against. But he's a businessman. And but why he would he sever those relationships by saying those things? Because that's the effect of a lot of what he said on because his business. Because he has money. Because he has money and because he can easily say, he can easily go, dude, okay, listen. I'm going to do this. Uh, dude, I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this thing. I don't, nothing's going to happen. Don't worry about it. Don't, I just, just let me say this thing. I don't thing believe because that at we all. Need, well, we here's need, well, here's the my theory. The, I, I'm not look. I'm not saying he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with Trump. I'm not. I think it's. I, I, I think it's despicable. I don't think that, any of it was hyperbole at all. I think it absolutely was. I think uh, because the the man's a simple man. Yeah. The people that voted he's, for him didn't. He's think a it was simple hyperbole. man, and it's not about uh, Trump. Doesn't care about the things he's saying. He ca- only cares about the effect of what he says that will lend future. Uh, Success, you know, towards his cause, which is but being, it all has that racist, being, misogynist, nativist slant that appeals to those particular kind of people. It is because he did the market research that says that's disgusting. Here's here's what's scary about Trump is that he's not a stupid man. He was able to pinpoint the people outside of our bubble, the basic part of we could, natures. and was able to. Uh, to capitalize on it. No, he no. was smarter than us. We didn't realize, as left-leaning progressive types, that there was an unsatisfied faction of the entire nation 
that we just assumed, well, everything's left-leaning, everything's progressive, everything's pro-LGBT, everything's pro- No, we didn't all move- assume that. We, no. All of us that lean that way assumed that there was only a few asshole racists, that they were anomalies. Trump was smart enough to go, no, it's not that. People simply want a change. And I will say whatever it takes to relate to their base instincts to get the numbers up to win the country because, dude, I'm already friends with the liberals. I'm already – I don't need – those votes won't get me anywhere. I'm going to – I'm going to uh, scoop up everything – that all of the non-flyover states. I'm gonna scoop. If he wanted to, I'm gonna appeal. scoop all those people up because I realize Trump. I realize that that it, with their power alone, if with their disenfranchisement, will will get me the vote. And he wasn't wrong. If he, he wanted those wrong. people, why did he have to use racism and and division and hatefulness to do that when he could have just appealed to them as an outsider, as someone who's not a politician and does things differently? Like, because why did he pick because the he's out? not a politician; he's a showman. And what gets people's ire up better than than addressing the he novelty of, of racism? Look, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying that people are racist. I'm saying he recognized that even people that didn't necessarily uh, say, oh, well, I'm not a racist. I just want change. At the root That's of what their at the root now. at the root of their being, Trump was smart enough to recognize yes, base, they are racist. base human separatist tribalism instinct, and he capitalized on it. You shake your head no, but that's exactly how he won the disgusting. election. I'm shaking my head because it's totally it disgusting. It may be and disgusting, sad. but it worked and the and our democracy let it it made it happen. It wasn't wrong. The system worked. The system's results are fucking horrible, so it may have worked technically, but the results are not okay. Orion, cut in. You haven't said anything uh, in a while. Oh, well, that's because you keep shutting me up. Please. The uh the No, wait. Sh- sh- that, yeah. That, but it, um, <laughs> go ahead, girl. It was no more the election. And looking back at it now, and saying what you're saying now, if you could see the election as a prize fight between two fighters, and see them on the road to the fight, the fight, and then after the fight, then you could see it. We can, I can, I can give you examples all day between um, Duran and um, Leonard, and and and. Tyson and Holyfield, they were saying such evil things to each other and all this and that. And I know that to be a fact because I know this. I know that before the election began, all the way up to that, Trump and Hillary were down with each other. Trump has Trump has supported Hillary Clinton before, but once the election started and he had to choose sides, now it's now it's all about him, and now the mudslinging begins. And there was mudslinging on both sides by two good contenders. Then the fight happened. After the fight, after the fight and his his victory in his victory speech, he thanked Hillary Clinton and said that she was a hard worker and a warrior and this and that. That's the same thing that happens in a fight. That's the same thing that happens in a fight. Oh, sure. Absolutely. You want to be a graceful winner. You you need to. Because that's good business. Yeah. But he was a he's a I mean, while I well, I will say this. I will say that it was the dirtiest campaign I've ever seen between 
two combatants. Um, because... You know what? I would say it's dirty on a surface level. I don't think there were any mech. There was. I don't think there were any true like mechanizations where people were fucking with each other's campaign. There were no like spies. There were no right, like. But right. but just 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 general fuckery saying things. Just it was the most absurdly vocal. Right. Yeah. 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 It's. I mean, you can very even soundbite driven. Yeah. Very soundbite yes. driven. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Great example. Because he says this one little phrase, and then she says the other little phrase, and he said this back to her. Like, yeah, there was a lot of that. Yeah. I want to. This puts me at a point. I want to get back to the way we felt about the election that was as it was happening. I think one of the main problems about the left leaning progressive types is that, especially early on. Is that when we saw Trump as a contender, we didn't pay it any mind. We thought it was a joke, just like I said. We didn't about, take it that seriously. We didn't because we thought if Trump is all they got, then the GOP no longer matters. Yeah. And there was a lot of that going around. And that only reinforced the bubble that we're in. Yeah. You know, everything that we thought about the campaign and everything that we thought about ourselves only helped to to blind us to what a large majority of the rest of the American public that large majority always saw the culture war more as a thing and as a war and that traditionally that voting block has been the one that's gotten out the most consistently and the most people because to them it's very 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 important whereas the left-leaning voters tend to say okay well I'll vote. I might not vote or, you know, surely enough people will vote for my candidate that, you know, I don't have to get out there and vote myself, that kind of thing. Right. It's been trending downwards for a long time with liberal voters, the numbers that actually show up. I I feel like not that I'm presenting myself on the side of Trump, but I'm definitely playing a sort of devil's advocate. Because what else would you do? Well, I mean, it's because I don't it's. I say that because I love that you do that all the time, though. But it has to be done because, <laughs> again, I'm trying to break the bubble. I don't think anything good can be done when it's done within a bubble. I don't think because if we're going to be true to our word as left-leaning progressive types, a phrase I've said over and over again, one of our main uh, beliefs is that we're empathetic. But you— you're a hypocrite if you're only empathetic to your chosen clan. That's just more tribalism. You have to get beyond your bubble of people that simply agree with you. If you're going to be truly empathetic, even no matter how much you disagree with people outside your bubble, if you're going to expose your those beliefs, you have to give everyone a chance. And this is the thing that bugged me in the back of my head. This is like, okay— this happened. There has to be a reason for it. I need to get outside of my bubble and and really practice what I preach and lend a sympathetic ear to people I don't agree with but so I can see views, what the hell is happening. When those views from those people are repugnant and awful, though, no, I don't have to be empathetic about that. I can tell them that's fucking repugnant and you're horrible. I can do that. You can do that. But I... Again, just like all of us, we all live in the real world, and for the most part, I don't see a bunch of assholes. I don't see a bunch of people picking on me. 
I don't see a bunch of people that want to see me dead. I go to the store. I go and meet my friends. I go down to the tax office. I go down. And and generally, life is pleasant. So it tells me that when I see that as a sample, half of the people I interact with in day-to-day life are Trump supporters of some sort. According to the numbers, <clears throat> yes. So, but but nobody's fucked with me. So that must mean that people aren't generally assholes. So there has to be something to it. There has to be something to it. Now, I can safely say, safely say, that everybody has a dark side. Yeah. And that Trump played on everybody's dark side. Sure. Okay? For pageantry. To get the vote, to make a spectacle, to be an entertainer. I have a dark side as much as the person I disagree with has a dark side. True. He simply played the game. But when you're dealing with a person one-on-one, you put that dark side away and you go, you know what, that's not beneficial to live off of my dark side. But there are people that do not do that. There are. but There are lots of them. Spread out. Every town has a couple assholes. Every city has a couple assholes. But by and large, you don't have to deal with them. And that's what made me think maybe I need to give the other side a bit of an ear. Even though I I, I can't just pay attention to the surface level. Now, I may be wrong. Again, I preface this by saying things are going to evolve. And as the facts come in, I may change my viewpoint. But I can't. I doesn't feel comfortable joining the the people that are 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 protesting. Although I do believe protesting is an American right. Is one. It, but it don't accomplish anything. It, but it's not that. It's that protesting is every bit as important as the First Amendment. Sure. Okay. Sure. The right to protest is absolutely sacrosanct. You know, I'll never judge anybody for protesting that's one of our main our second main important right as an american but i'm not i'm not it doesn't feel good to be one of those people because it feels like it's too driven by emotion and that's a lot of walking to it's not too driven that. by emotion and and actual <laughs> actual life is way more nuanced than simply reacting reactionary True. is a bad word i don't want to react I can feel bad about the presidential vote without becoming a a writer, you know. I don't have to say all the you don't I have to I'd feel rather angry about I would it. rather reserve and wait for actual facts to come in and then base hey <laughs> base your feelings on those facts. Oh, absolutely. Well, not even feelings. Feelings are uh or your opinion on those facts. Rather. Right. Base the facts on the facts. Okay. Base the facts on the facts. You know? Um, so, so saying all of that, let me jump into this. Saying that all things are fair, saying that I want to give people a chance, I will give a little bit of a critique, okay? I will give a little bit of factual critique about the Trump campaign. Here's the here's the true problem with Trump is that he is everything 
that the majority of voters that voted for him are against. Transference of wealth. And here's why. Okay? In the first 100 days of, and you can read this on Trump's site, his, first, oh. his 100 day plan. Yeah, fuck, read, <laughs> fuck reading it. He, he actually did one of those things. I well, you're supposed too. to. Yeah. You're every presidential, yeah, you're to. supposed to have a 100 day plan. And he does, and you can go and look all this up. Within his first 100 days, most of everything that he has to offer his constituents and his party has been based off of immigration, right? Building that wall and whatnot. Right. In his first 100 days, he plans on deporting over 2 million illegal immigrants. Oh, my God. And in that 2 million illegal immigrants, uh, or aside from the... 2 million illegal immigrants. He will also be revoking certain work visas for people that are here in the country legally for a set amount of days that are on a work visa. Okay. Getting rid of the whole kit and caboodle. The problem with that is that the term illegal is very loosely defined. Yes. Okay. Part of the plan of deporting 2 million people plus the visa holders (laughs) Is that they're supposed to be sent back to where they come from? They, well, yeah, where they come from. Problem with that is, is uh, a lot of the country, or a lot of the countries that these people come from, that are, they're being deported back to, uh, because they were say it's a you're illegal because of a drunk driving ticket. Out. Yeah. Is that severe? Out. And they got to go back to Honduras. Mm-hmm. Let's say. A Honduras says, well, no, we don't take anybody back that has an illegal, that's like drunk driving. No, no, nope, yeah, no. we'll take them. All those people wind up in a place like Guantanamo. A detention this center. Is a detention center. Now, that's just some basic bad shit. Nothing good comes out of deporting people that are here on crimes that are less than I've ever committed as a white <laughs> motherfucker. You know, those people are lost and gone and dead. I mean, that's what it comes down to. They're fucking, they're dead. Because they have nowhere to go. Nothing people. All that is just a horror story. Well, they were considered nothing people by him before. All that's just an unfortunate horror story. Here's the main problem. What's going to happen when they get rid of the two million people is this is all part of his 100-day plan to create jobs. Jobs that nobody wants. No, 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 not necessarily. Hold on. Hold on. Part of Trump's campaign promise was that I'm going to create jobs. The way he's going to create jobs is by deporting 2 million people plus the visa holders. Okay? And that's going to get rid of a lot of, yes, farming jobs. Picking sure, fruit. But that's also going to get rid of a lot of IT personnel, nursing. It's not just the jobs normal white but Americans But a lot of the people want. that are doing those jobs or are, are, have their legal situation in order. Most of the illegal people that are here without the legal ability to work and citizenship and all that, they're doing low-level jobs. But even the, here's the scary thing is even the people with citizenship that are like brand new to the system, if they have some – it's based on criminality. He will get rid of people that have, again, a, a DUI or a uh, fucking I, jaywalk. Trespassing. Yes. 
basically down to the misdemeanor. Yeah. Down to the misdemeanor. Now, here's the problem with all that. All that's, again, a novel horror story. That's going to affect their lives, really, and that's horrible. But that's not the big, biggest issue. The biggest issue is this is how he's going to create jobs. And the way he's going to create jobs is by getting rid of all these people, having an entire segment of the economic workforce open up. Just gone. There's all these things. But But the jobs that are now open aren't going to go to Trump supporters. They're not going to go to white, flyover state, I just want change in the government people. No. They're going exactly to go, and this is highlighted in his plan, they're going to go to inner city black folks out of Baltimore and Chicago. Okay. Okay? He wants to decrease the crime rate there by by making again this is a businessman not a political powerhouse this is a businessman making business decisions but he hold on i'll get there i'll get there he's going to give those jobs to the disenfranchised black and it sounds good on the surface and it's generally in day-to-day life good what's the criteria of disenfranchisement though is the question uh black people oh racist yeah yeah Okay, so he's going to give those jobs to inner city, inner city. Bl- you look at me. <laughs> I'm like, well, Orion, you going to say it? That's okay. You ain't from Baltimore. No. And you got a job. Yes, I got a job. Okay, so you're good. Okay. Yeah. But here's what's going to happen. So the, dis, in quotes, disenfranchised Baltimore Chicagoans that are black that fill those jobs, even... The the infrastructure required to even make that happen, assuming those people even want those jobs. Yeah. Okay, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Assuming it all works out according to plan. Assuming. Okay, here's what's going to happen. The people that voted for Trump, that wanted the jobs, that voted for him because he would make the economy better. They're going to say, where's my job? Don't care about, um, they don't care about the economy in Chicago. It, no, 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 no. As an abstract idea. They want to know how it's going to affect their personal lives. They voted for him assuming that jobs would come in. For look, them, for look, them specifically. Look, Trump can't bring in jobs from overseas. Nope. He can't. He's a businessman. And what businessmen do is they say, what's the most cost-effective measure? Trump never said, I'm going to pull jobs from overseas and bring them back here. He may have said that as a as an aside to get those votes coming in because he knows what that's going to appeal to people. Yeah. But his actual 100-day business plan lies it out straight. That was never part of the actual plan. The oh, actual wow. plan was to get rid of the illegals and the criminals, fill those jobs in with uh, inner city black people from Baltimore and Chicago, and then that's and where then, all the crime is, all of it. It doesn't every it, last bit of it. That doesn't matter. The, the thing that matters is here's what's going to happen. Let's we're imagining if his hundred day plan pans out. Mm-hmm. Let's just assume it all. So come, he does that, and then what so happens? So he does well. What he does is he gets all of his constituents, all of his voters going, okay, well, great, we got rid of all the Mexicans. I like that part. That part was good. I like that. That part felt good. But wait, hold on. Where's my job? Where's my job? Wait, all these niggers got the job? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
wait a minute. And then the people are going to rise up. And what is he going to do? What is he going to do? Nothing. You did. I'm that, in character. You did that a bit too. Well. I'm in character. Acting. I told. Genius. I said we all got dark parts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny on several levels. Yeah. Just <laughs> hold on, just a minute. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get that out of there. No, Let me get that out of. Okay. Bits for later. Bits for later. Because I'm getting to the punchline. All right. Here we go. So what's going to happen is his constituents and his his voting party are going to rise up against him and say, dude, hey, 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 where's our jobs? And what he's going to do is he's going to turn to his rich buddies, the top 1%, and he is going to institute a plan of saying, look, because we're all on the same team now and this is our party, I am going to ask that you fellow one percenters CEOs of all the largest corporations captains of industry purveyors of capitalism yay capitalism we're going to take a chunk of your cash (laughs) and disseminate it amongst all the white people that I never gave a job transference of wealth welfare state perfect business move horrible Horrible ethical move. Horrible political move. His one percent of friends aren't going to go. Sure, take my money. That's great. No. Oh, they they will. No, they absolutely will. They absolutely will because they've all been given seats of power. Okay, he's okay. a businessman. He knows what he's doing. He's not stupid. And it's going to fuck it up real bad. And then it's all going to burn. Civil war. <laughs> so when people say that Trump is the end of our nation, it's the end of everything, it's for yes. reasons that they don't realize. It's not because he's racist. It's not because he's against LGBT this or that. It's not because of uh, progressiveness that he's against. Or It's not any of that. It's because of all that too, though. No, it's not. It's not. That's surface level shit that we'll get over in a few months. Mm. Look. Everything returns to the mean. Nothing ever stays completely extreme in one side or the other. Everything eventually will return to a common, calm ground. Okay? Look, we had a civil war. Civil war ended. We all chilled out. We had slavery. That was extreme. We chilled that fucker out. We had George Bush... Chilled that fucker out. We had Obama. We chilled that fucker out. To the extremes of either side, no matter what point in history, things return to the mean. And it's the very same reason I can say when I go out into the street, people are generally cool. Because nobody except extremists want extreme living. But in a world where you put a businessman in charge of the nation because he fooled some folks with some rhetoric... We're going to wind up in a very bad situation, and that's going to be an extreme. We're going to have to level out. So saying all this, let's just see what happens because my main last point is this. We map out the future with the facts at hand, and we think we got it all figured out. But what always happens, what always happens is that there is always – 
something that comes out of left field and it's the very reason that we can't afford to speculate. You can feel emotional. You can map out the future with the facts at hand. But if you're wise, you'll be quiet. You won't make a fuss. And you'll wait and see what happens and make tiny judgments and tiny leaps of faith as the actual facts come into place. You know. But it's far too easy to say to make blanket statements and think you got it all figured out on day one. You can't do that. You can, but you're in for a world of heartbreak because you don't know. And this is, this is the nature of shit coming out of left field is that you don't know what's going to happen. It's I've, still all going to be I've, horrible. See, that's a blanket statement. I've laid out... I've laid out one of his uh, 100-day plans. I've, I've, I've laid out facts and figures, and you're still making blanket statements. His 100-day plan is we can ridiculous. We can make a judgment. Sure, you can make that judgment, but the part you don't know is what's going to come out of left field. So take those facts and figures and be patient with them. Because we don't know what's going to happen. I can be happen. patient. I don't have to be happy about it. No. And that's a good takeaway. We don't have to be happy about it. But don't let your unhappiness blind you to what you think the future is going to be. There was a whole – back when Obama got elected president, there was a whole group of folks. My old best friend Ben was one of them. Said, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to lock up all my guns. In fact, I'm going to buy a gun just so I can lock it up because Obama's going to come and – Take our guns. Take everything away. Take everything away. Thought he had it all figured out based on what immediately happened on day one. Not one gun was taken away from anybody. Okay? I know shit may seem bad to people that are against Trump. And I'm not saying everything's going to be okay. All I can say is wait. That's your best bet. Wait. Be quiet. Hold your opinion. Feel sad. Feel bad. But let those be your own personal feelings. And you, let's see you know, what happens. Keep your fucking head down. Keep your head down. If something truly horrible happened, what, do you get to sit back and take it? No. People rise up and they fix the problem. So knowing that, knowing that an uprising is what's going to happen if shit goes real south, I'm you sure people in to, Nazi Germany you thought that would happen too. Like there would be then, an uprising and stop all that, and it didn't happen. And we then, got rid of the Nazis. Eventually. Eventually. Eventually is the main point. Well, you know, that whole Holocaust thing would have been great to have not have happen in the meanwhile before we got rid of the, I know. the Nazis. And, and we will take care of it beforehand because we do learn from the past. I hope you're right. I really do. We do learn from the past. And if, if we really did think that anything like that was going to happen, something would be done about it because nobody wants to revisit bad times. I sincerely hope that you're correct. If we elected Hillary, then that would reinforce people bubbles, people's bubble, and we would never pay attention to the majority that won this election. And there would still be a seething, cauldron underlying of cauldron of problems that would eventually blow up into some hardcore heavy shit. At least now, 
people will break out of their bubbles, start paying attention, start giving empathy to other people, and realize that the coasts aren't all that matter, and that maybe we should talk to our neighbors. Maybe we should figure out what's going on. Maybe we can take the time out of our day not to just pat ourselves on the back and say, hey, look how not racist I am, but maybe teach other people how to not be so racist. But they're not interested in that. It's your job to figure that out. It's not your job to be cynical and say, fuck people I don't care about. They don't matter. They can't be reached. No, now that Trump's in office, it's your job to make the world a better place. If, if Clinton was in office, you would think everything was fine. There's no impetus no. for you to make the world a better place because you got your way. No, I don't think that if Hillary won, things would be just fine. There were problems with her as a candidate as well. Yeah, but those problems. She was just not those Hitler. problems you could swallow because because, because she, she wasn't was not Hitler. Hitler. I'm glad we got a potential Hitler into the office because now there is reason to do real good. Well, I better brush up and on my not Aryan. just pat ourselves <laughs> on the back. <laughs> not just pat ourselves on the back for how understanding we are. No, now, you, now you've been given reason to go out into the world and figure out how to really fix it instead of sitting on your laurels and saying, everything's pretty okay. It's not. It's not. Now, action. <laughs> That's right, motherfucker. <laughs> Thanks, Roxy. Roxy has the last word here. Orion, I believe you had something to say. I'm going to um, keep my head low. Because you never know what's gonna happen in the next four years. I already told you. I already told you. You're 77, 2020, baby. Yahoo! Uh, the Approximate Podcast is a Dead Girl production. You can find us all on Twitter at DivaPower00, Jamie underscore French, and OQuest13. Um, Jamie, give me the burner line real quick. Uh, the burner line is 817-673-3704. I'll repeat that slower for people in the back row. 817-673-3704. You know, you hit that line up, you give us a text, and or you give us a, you put a little message, you do a little voicemail thing. and uh, Call us now. Yeah, yeah. Let us know what you think. As always, tell us what you like, tell us what you hate, but always, now... More than ever, Aha. you have the freedom to tell us what you think. You might America. not have that freedom for long. For all things not. Jamie French, tsjamiefrench.com. For all things Orion Quest, questdrums.com. You can find the Approximate Podcast on all major sources, all including including links through Twitter, links through Facebook, SoundCloud, as well as iTunes. And if you can't find them there, there's the mothership, approximatepodcast.com. Oh, yeah, one other thing, YouTube subscribers. You can find it there as well. And as always with YouTube, like, comment, or subscribe. You might.